Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, Shane, I cannot be more excited. We're getting into something. This, this is only the second year we've actually done this, Shane, but it was... Mm-hmm. One of the highlights of the off season, at least for us, fall camp preview time. We're starting it, and this yeah. So this episode, Shane, is going to be just one team basically, and I, you know, I think Razorback fans will get something out of it. I think the rest of the SEC will get at a, a lot out of this, Shane. But it's time to preview some Arkansas Razorbacks. The Arkansas responds to these videos better than just about any fan base we've got. So. Little bone to them Razorbacks, Shane. I'm ready to to go on a deep dive. We're going to be making record predictions. We're going to be breaking down transfer portal, recruiting, roster, schedule, on coaching staff. We're going to be hitting all of it. I'm yep. fired up, man. How, how about you? Absolutely, Mike. This is one of my favorite parts. And, and honestly, you learn a little bit from – I mean, think about it. You, you may not be a Razorback fan, but you may be playing Arkansas. You know, you right. may want to know what they're what we think they're really good at and what we think that they may struggle a little bit. So, mm-hmm. no, this is an awesome part. And uh, don't tune off just because we're talking Arkansas here because your team may be next. And another cool thing too, Mike, just a reminder, you know, if we have breaking news – we will be breaking in and, and, and let, keeping you keeping you abreast of, of the topics floating around the SEC. But but no, I am pumped up about this deep dive, brother. This is my favorite. This is my favorite because I got my Razorback glasses on, son, and I'm ready to be a Razorback homer. So let's do this. Yeah, the only thing I got to mention before we get into this deep dive, Shane, don't forget we're going to keep reminding people we'll post on it on social media. But uh, the SEC Network, they're doing their 2024 schedule release show Wednesday mm-hmm. night. I have confirmed it starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, of course, and it's going to last an hour. So as soon as that show is over, we're going to be doing our first live video. YouTube is going to be on all the social media platforms. However you view this show, you should be able to get access to it in real time. We're going to be breaking it down no edit buttons for Cousin Shane on that one. So, again, yeah, that, fun fact: be, we've already got three edits in this show, so it's going to be it's live action. Right, Wednesday, eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central. Be on the lookout for that. But let's get into the action, Shane. Arkansas Razorback Fall Camp Preview, and I'd like to start these Shane with a just a quick rewind of what happened last year: seven and six last mm-hmm. season, fifth. In the SEC West, beat Kansas in the Liberty Bowl. And one thing that really haunted the Razorbacks, Shane, they were two and four in one score games. Right. So, you know, a couple plays here or there go your way. You're probably looking at a nine win team. So it's not that far off from where they were. Just for reference, two years ago when they were a nine win team, they went two and two in one mm-hmm. score game. So, that's the difference, you know, making plays at critical situations. Of course, the defense completely fell apart, uh, largely due to injuries. They just they just weren't uh, where they needed to be overall talent-wise once a couple key players went down, and that really killed the defense. And I thought it was pretty interesting, Shane. We played these clips during the spring, but Sam Pittman was made note that, uh, hey, we're going to do things a little bit differently this spring. Yeah. We're not naming any starters. Everybody's getting uh-huh. a shot because, hey, we live in a landscape now, Shane, where you come out here and say, yeah, you're our starting corner, you're our starting linebacker, you're our starting DN. Then guess what? The guys behind them, Shane, are jumping in that portal. So mm-hmm. they kind of have to say, we got one starter. It's K.J. Jefferson. <laughs> Everybody else fighting for that roster spot. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then, of course, the big – news with this football program over the offseason. Barry Odom, the defensive coordinator, left to become head coach at UNLV. Kendall Browse, the offensive coordinator, left for TCU for the same job. So those are kind of the storylines entering fall, Shane. Uh, you got anything to add on, on just your quick thoughts on the Razorbacks last year? I just think that's the the theme. A lot of people 
a lot of people considered Razorbacks as a down season last year. You know, coming off that nine wins, mm-hmm. then it just felt like they kind of took a step back. I, you know, if things would have went different against Texas A&M, LSU, uh, Missouri, Liberty, I mean, you you could be talking about a ten win season. And you, you know you're you're praising what Sam Pittman and company are doing coming into this because I think they got a better squad coming into this year. So I think it's a little bit deceiving when you're looking at that record last year. There was some, there was some hell. Even the Alabama game, Mike. If mm-hmm. if Jefferson, you know, if if he was able to play the whole game, I mean, they had Bryce out. There was a little glimpse of hope. Mississippi State. I think that was. I just think that was a hangover top game, you know, but whatever. I still think the Razorbacks had a hell of a season last year. It just had a lot of black eyes. And and I, I think this is a team that bounces back this season. So, yeah, we learned from the past, but I, I think it's a little deceiving, like I said, with the record because of so many close-fought close, close fought losses, and that's hard for a program. Yeah. Yeah, the bounce back's big. Shane's already got them Razorback glasses yeah. on. I love to see it. Come on now. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the coaching staff, Shane. Of course, Sam Pittman's our head coach going into year four. He's 19-17 and 17 overall as the Arkansas head coach. His SEC record, 10-16. and 16. And uh, here's the team's, his record against all SEC opponents. Shane, 2-1 and one versus Mississippi State. 2-1 and one against Ole Miss. South Carolina, he's 1-0. Tennessee, 1-0. Yeah. A&M, now everyone else, though, Shane, he's played, he's got a losing record. A&M, he's 1-2. LSU, 1-2. Mizzou, 1-2. Got to change that. Auburn, 1-2. Right. Florida, 0-1. Georgia, 0-2. And Alabama, 0-3. Here's his record against top 10 opponents, Shane. 1-8 as Arkansas head coach. Top 25 record, 6-12. and 12. He's 12-7 and seven at home, 4-8 and eight on the road, and 3-2 and two in neutral site games. So that's a little overview there of Sam Pittman. Now, again, coaching news, lost Kendall Browse. We already referenced that. Lost tight ends coach Dow Loggins, now South Carolina's offensive coordinator, of course. And then we mentioned Barry Odom. He also took his linebackers coach, Michael Scherer, who's now the defensive coordinator at UNLV. But, man, we seems like they're pretty fired up about the coaches they brought in to replace these guys, Shane. And it starts with Dan Enos, former offensive coordinator there at Arkansas. Last time he was head coach – excuse me, coordinator at Arkansas, Shane. Sam Pittman was the offensive line coach, and Arkansas mm-hmm. had the number one offensive efficiency team in the entire country. So, I mean, that's pretty damn bold right there. They were one of two programs in the entire country, Shane, to have a 3,000-yard passer and a 1,300-yard rusher in 2015 and 2016. So this is some impressive, impressive stuff that Dan Enos has been able to do here in Fayetteville, working with Sam Pittman. Uh, He was Maryland's offensive coordinator last year. Uh, he was at Miami before that as an offensive coordinator. He was at Alabama quarterbacks coach and associate head coach working with Tua and, of course, Jalen Hurts. So, man, there's if I'm an Arkansas fan, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. I liked Kendall Browse, but there was clearly <laughs> – yeah, there was a one-way street at times with that. You know what? There were some head-scratching moments, you know, and, <laughs> and, and a lot of people were quick to point at Browse. Um, I, you know, we've talked, we've discussed this coordinator switch with mm-hmm. Arkansas several times, uh, during last season. And I, I think it's an upgrade, Mike. I think sometimes a, a change of scenery is a good thing to, to, to kind of wake up that culture there. So I, I'm not definitely not hit the panic button and, and everything I'm hearing from this defensive side, I think that's the key brother is, is, you know, it's, Say what you want about offense, man, but it, there's there's a lot more love coming out of that Razorback family for this defense that's coming. Ooh, here's Shane always jumping ahead. We got one more coach here, Shane, on the offensive side of the ball. Tight ends coach Morgan Turner. He was at Stanford the last 10 years. And I know Stanford's been down, Shane, but you know where they've not been down? Tight end. Um, yeah. Here's some of the guys that Morgan 
Turner has coached at Stanford, now in the NFL. Dalton Schultz, he's with the Cowboys. Austin Hooper with the Titans. Kobe Fleener. Uh, Zach Ertz, I mean, awesome tight end. Jaden Smith, Colby Parkinson. And then last year at Stanford, his tight end, Benjamin Yersek, second team, all Pac-12. So, I mean, we got ourselves one hell of a tight end coach here to go with Dan Enos. And, again, I, I don't want to call him an upgrade because Dow Loggins, was a, now he's an offensive coordinator, and he's right. well-respected there. But uh, I would not imagine much of a drop-off here. Well, again, you got a guy that's used to putting people in the league, and to put people in the league, you got to have some stats, brother. So, right, uh, we're gonna get a little more tight end play here in Arkansas. You think? I think so. Yeah, because they've signed a number of transfers and incoming high school players to bolster that group. Again, we'll get there in just a second. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball, which cousin Shane can't wait to get to here. <laughs> well, because I, I just think. When I'm I want the excitement in Pittman's voice every time it's brought up, it's like he it's like a kid that's got a couple new toys and he can't wait to show it to his buddies. You know, that's right. what it feels like. You know, you got some stuff at Christmas and you're wearing your new Christmas clothes at school. And you're showing <laughs> off everybody your new kicks. That's that's kind of what it feels like every time I see Sam Pittman addressing this side of the ball. Right. So we got a new defensive coordinator. Of course, Travis Williams was at uh, Central Florida. The last two years as their defensive coordinator working for Gus Malzahn, who he played for at Auburn. He was an outstanding Auburn linebacker before he was at uh, Central Florida. He was Miami's linebackers coach and then spent five seasons on Auburn's coaching staff, coaching the linebackers, and had a co-defensive title role under Kevin Steele. He's one of the best recruiters in all of college football. And, and yes, I, I've said this, Shane, and this is true. I'd rather have Barry Odom's experience as a yeah. defensive play caller, but I would certainly rather have Travis Williams as a recruiter over. So what you're lacking in play calling uh, history, I mean, just because you're, you're young and it doesn't mean you're not any good, but uh, Arkansas needed help and looked no further than last year when, when they lost a couple critical guys, the entire defense fell apart. So yeah, that tells you you've got, to add to the roster, you need more talent. We need a talent infusion, and there's not going to be a better coordinator to recruit to his side of the ball than Travis Williams. So uh, if they can, if they have found themselves a young defensive mind that can recruit the way I know he can, I mean, this could be an outstanding hire for Arkansas. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about, Mike. It, I mean, X's and O's is a huge part of, of coaching, but – if you ain't got the talent, son, you know you're not going to be able to compete with the big boys. So, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, a, I've always been a recruit first. Give me, give me them players, and then good players create great plays on defense. Yep. Now we've also brought in Marcus Woodson as co-defensive coordinator. Shane, he's going to cover the back end. He was at Florida State the last three seasons. Florida State ranked number four in the entire country in pass defense, and this is. Mm. Arkansas was dead last, I believe. So, I mean, we're night and day here. We're going from someone that has had to rebuild Florida State. He worked with Travis Williams at Auburn, so there's already that familiarity there. Working the front, working the back. Uh, you know, interesting how this will play out. But, uh, again, you could not have hired a more qualified guy to come in here and serve as a uh, defensive coordinator to, to coach up your secondary. Well, I mean, you're talking about what was what what kind of got you last year, and that was the secondary. So going out here, get one of the best. Yeah, I'm all for that, Mike. Yeah. So let's break down the roster here, Shane. Starting with uh, the returning production on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, KJ Jefferson. That's all you need to know, Shane. The <laughs> SEC's best quarterback, in my opinion, 86.8 percent of the passing yards is returning with K.J. Jefferson's 2,648. And this number would be higher, but you remember K.J. got a little banged up and missed some yeah. action last year. Otherwise, this number would be much closer to 100%. But uh, we got no concern with the Arkansas passing attack with K.J. leading the charge, do we? No, no. This is – I mean, you talk about lucky. There's, there's not a lot of programs in the SEC that's got – just a returning quarterback, but a high caliber quarterback at that. So yes, this is definitely the focal piece here, and uh, a, a healthy KJ is uh, extremely dangerous for the SEC. Yeah, and I didn't realize this, Shane. I knew we were returning a lot 
of running backs, but I didn't realize 92.3% of the rushing production is back this year, led, of course, by Rocket Sanders, 1,443 yards. KJ had 640 last year. A.J. Green, 414. Rashad Dabinion, 293. And Dominic Johnson barely played 43 rushing yards, but that accounts for 90 2.3% of the rushing attack. <laughs> They're going to have to lead the way this year in this Dan Eno system with KJ. But my goodness, bringing back basically everybody that rushed the ball, best quarterback. Quickly, you're seeing why Razorback fans are so pumped up about the potential for this offense this year. Well, you could kind of tell it too, man, in the offseason when we're doing our list and Everybody's like, okay, look, you guys going to talk about who's the best running backs in the country? You know, and you usually see a Razorback thing. It's like, okay, yeah, we're going to talk about you. Rocket Sanders, and, and again, I, you know me, I love – I love me some Junkins, but every time I mention his name, you got Rocket Sanders right there. This is 1A, 1B in my situation. Uh, and, and I tell you what, dynamic player. And it's deep. You know, it's not just Rocket here. Like you said, they're bringing all the production back, which I think is going to be pivotal for Razorbacks to move forward here. Right. And they're going to need to lean on that, Shane, like I said, because they're only returning 226 percent of the receiving yards from last year and a lot of that's from the running back shape <laughs> leading returning receivers rocket sanders uh with yeah. 271 yards bryce stevens is back he had a 109 but the other two again are running back shane rashad dabinion 108 and aj green 75 receiving yards so second year in a row totally Boy, related to uh AJ Green? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he used the same joke last year, if I recall. <laughs> I know. I don't get it often, but once a year, I'm going to bring it back. Uh, second year in a row, Shane. They're, they're reworking the entire receiving core. It worked to perfection last year. Had two of the top ten SEC receiving yard leaders in uh, Hazel Hazelwood and Matt Landers. But yeah. can they do it again? That will be you know the, one of the biggest storylines uh, for fall camp, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, talk about fall camp. I mean, that's that's one thing that I that I have a question mark on was the receivers mm-hmm. and and stepping up. I mean, they're excited about. I know you're, I keep getting ahead of everything, Mike. I don't know. I, I forget how this is the first one you know that we've done. But how? <laughs> I, I mean, are we going to talk about the kids that they brought in? Oh yeah, we'll get there. Okay, because because I want. I mean, there's a lot of buzz floating around in it because there's there's just a mix max mix match of just different style receivers here, and and there's a lot to be excited about, in my opinion. So I okay, we're gonna get to it, Mike. Geez, I, I, you know, maybe I'll just sit here and drink. Tell me, tell me how good them Razorbacks are going to be. If Mike. we don't set up what they got, Shane, then the, yeah. then the additions don't mean as much. You know what I mean? So on like the off- little JoJo in the <laughs> <laughs> on the offensive line, Shane, only returning two of five starters: Bo Limmer at center, Brady Latham likely going to play guard. So there is a lot to replace on the offensive line. But again, Sam Pittman, we got all the confidence in the world in him, right? I know the the offensive line coach, Cody Kennedy, some fans are a little out on him after last year, but I think that's premature because if Sam Pittman's got faith in him, that's all I need to know. You know what? Absolutely. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Shane, again, six of the top ten tacklers are gone. So this is a totally reworked uh, defense. Hudson Clark led the way, returning tackler, 67. Chris Paul at linebacker, 62. Dwight McLutherin the corner at 52 when when two of your secondary players are two of your top three returning tacklers that is potentially an issue but again we loaded up with transfers right. we'll get to that in a second sacks guys that are returning with sack production the linebacker chris paul leading the way with four returning landon jackson had three last year eric gregory two and just uh just stewart also had two so the top three sack artists from last season are gone and five of the top seven. So we have to find players that can get to the quarterback. Again, we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a second. Interceptions re- returning. Dwight McLaughlin lead the way with four. Quincy McAdoo, two. Hudson Clark, one. So we're re- returning nine of the seven – excuse me, seven of the, of the nine interceptions we had last year. So the vast majority of guys getting those interceptions are back 
for the Razorbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Now here's where Shane wants to get to the transfer <laughs> portal, and this is, you know, it just changed college football as we know it. But right, they had a lot of guys go into the portal, Shane, the first portal specifically. Razorback fans freaking out. Oh my God, what are we doing? But in that second portal, man, they made up ground. Arkansas's got the number nine transfer portal class in the country. So anytime you can have a top 10 class of potentially impact players, that is outstanding. And that is where a program like Arkansas. One second. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. When you're talking about portal class, does that rank going out and coming in or just coming in? Just coming in. Okay. All right. Sorry. So a top 10 class coming in. We'll get, again, we'll get to the guys leaving in just a second, Shane. (laughs) But a a top 10 class, Shane, you're at Arkansas, you're just not going to recruit in the top 10 unless it's an outlier year where there's a ton of Arkansas in state kids that that you win. Or, you know, you have to go to Texas, you have to go to Louisiana, you have to go to Mississippi, you have to go to Tennessee, on and on and on. It's very difficult just based on where you're located and where all the great players are. So, how do you make that up? You make it up in the transfer portal, bringing instant impact players. And I've said it once before, Shane, I'll say it again. Sam Pittman, in my mind, is the portal king because he brings these guys in and gets them to become elite SEC players, gets them to become NFL players at a mm-hmm. much higher clip than just about anybody in the country. So let's quickly go over the guys that left via the transfer portal, Shane. And I tried to organize these as uh, the ones that I think are the biggest impact departures. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. No, I get that. So top of the list, Jalen Catalan. He's off to Texas. And even that, I mean, we've loved, you know, they call him the cat back here. Such a great player, but he can never stay healthy. So at the end of the day, this may not even be that big of a loss. But when he's healthy, I mean, he's all SEC. He may be the best safety in the SEC during his time at Arkansas. So that's why I put him so high. Tight end Trey Knox off to South Carolina. Jordan Dominic led you in sacks last year. He's off to Colorado. Keytron Jackson, the receiver, he left for Baylor. Miles Slusher, another defender, off to Colorado. And Malik Hornsby, the quarterback slash receiver, he's off to Texas State. So, again, you're not getting killed by losing any of those guys. But yeah. your roster probably overall would have been better had you got them back. Well, I does, think that, Kat, does that make sense? I, Kat, yeah, Cat and Slusher, those those are two that really stood out to me. Cat especially. But like you said, uh, here's a kid that really struggled to just stay on the field. So, right. you know, if we're three weeks in and then he's out again, then, you know, yeah, it's like having to transfer three games in, you know? Mm-hmm. Now – Buckle up, buddy, because we got a lot of these guys to coming <laughs> in to recap. And, again, I tried to organize these in – who knows? I mean, you never know how a guy's going to come in and, and impact your program. But I tried to organize it, Shane, starting with the guys that I think will have the biggest impact working on my way down. Does that make sense? Yes. So I'm going to start with Trajan Jeffcoat from Missouri, Shane. Anytime – Seems like uh, Arkansas lands some Missouri guy. They come in and they do outstanding on the defensive line. <laughs> he was all SEC in 2020, 11 and a half sacks, 19 tackles for loss, and two forced fumbles at Missouri. So we're getting help on the defensive line. Another he also def- brought the playbook with him. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another defensive lineman, uh, John Morgan from Pitt. That was a big addition, Shane. Yeah. 72 tackles, 14 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles during his pit career. So we're getting two highly productive defensive linemen. How about mm-hmm. Antonio Greer, the linebacker, Shane, from South Florida, all first team, all AAC, 92 tackles in 21, nine tackles for loss. He he had 230 tackles in his college career, tw- <laughs> and a half tackles for loss, 10 sacks. So maybe we'll get some of that sack production via the yeah. uh, Antonio Greer at linebacker. Uh, offensive lineman Josh Braun from Florida. He was a Sam Pittman recruit at Georgia. He was going to go to Georgia. When Sam Pittman took the Arkansas job, Josh Braun 
six foot six, three hundred and forty five pounds of them went on down to Gainesville, said, I only wanted to play for Coach Sam Pitton. Well now he's gonna get that shot, Shane. He's probably gonna do it as a starter on the Arkansas Razorbacks this year. They added corner Jaheim Singletary, a five star Shane from Georgia. He was yep. only at Georgia for one year. He was the number twenty seven overall prospect in the country. Played just 13 snaps last year as a freshman. Couldn't get on the field. We've seen many players, Shane, couldn't get on the field at Georgia or Alabama, (laughs) and they go somewhere else, like a Drew Sanders, who was otherworldly. So if they can get that out of Jaheim Singletary, they'll be damn happy. Uh, Here's an underrated one, Shane, that you have mentioned repeatedly. So it's, it's not under your radar, but quarterback Jacoby Criswell from North Carolina. Yeah. Arkansas native, and and why it's so big? I mean, we hope and pray KJ doesn't miss a snap, but yeah, that's not what happened last year. He he got a little banged up, and that's playing in the SEC. It's being a tank. That's running guys yeah. over like <laughs> like he loves to do. But we need a capable backup, and we got it now in Griswold. Two hundred four passing yards, a touchdown, and one hundred thirty three rushing, and another touchdown at his North Carolina career. He didn't get on the field a ton, but from yeah. what we saw in the spring game. He's got himself an arm, so uh, I, I think we are doing good here at, at the uh, quarterback position, uh, particularly at the backup, and, and we'll get to the freshman here in a minute, but uh, upgraded our quarterback room, you know what? Which, you know, that was one of the biggest problems. Sometimes when you, you – and it's not just Arkansas. There's several programs like this. You lose your QB1, and it's just – your offense sputters from that that point forward. So right. I don't feel I, – I mean, obviously there would be a huge step down if K.J. was not able to go, but I don't think that it would just cease the offensive production here now. So that's that's what I like. Just build that room up, son. Mm-hmm. Now, some pass catchers, Shane. We're desperate for pass catchers. We got Isaac Tesla from Hillsdale. I understand a lower level, but he this is a, oh, a guy that was in demand – Listen to these stats, Shane. 68 catches last year, 1,325 yards, 13 touchdowns. Already on campus, making an impact in the spring. This He could be the next great find in the SEC. Uh, Varquez Gums, we talked – this is the uh, North Texas tight end that uh-huh. commit, decommit, commit again. Well, he's he's finally committed. He's in there. He's in there, Shane. <laughs> 34 catches, 458 yards, five touchdowns at North Texas to help shore up that tight end position. How about uh, Andrew Armstrong from Texas A&M Commerce, Shane? Last year, 62 catches, 1,020 yards, 13 touchdowns. So between those three, we should be able to find some production out of the transfer yeah. portal to help KJ. You know what? Absolutely, man. A lot of receptions, a lot of, lot of, lot of yardage here. Uh, do, do you have their size with you on those three guys? Um, I know Gums is pretty big. I do not. I'm not looking at the sizes right right here, but uh, I think Tesla and Armstrong they're more burner types. They're they're not yeah. the tall, lengthy guys we had last year. Yeah, and that's and I think that's kind of what they were missing a little bit. Just some of that dink and dunk that turns into a a twenty thirty yard you know reception. So mm-hmm. uh, I like I just like the production. That's what that's the main thing for me. This isn't new to them and uh, new to KJ. So I I, I love this. And that's exactly what I'd be looking for, Shane. If I am desperate for instant impact, you don't want to be rolling the dice on someone that's not done it before. You want someone that – hell, we're not asking these guys to come in here and have 1,500 yards like they did last year. We're asking them to give us 500. You know what I mean? At at Mm -hmm. at college football's highest level, I think they can do that. Now, we also added, Shane, Baylor starting corner – Lorando Johnson started all 12 games last year for Baylor. Tank Booker, how, I got the size because I, I knew you'd want Tank Booker defense. <laughs> you, Tank, how big is he? I knew Shane was going to ask that. <laughs> Six foot four, 320 pounds. So a space eater there. 25 tackles last year, two that was sacks. Me in the eighth grade. <laughs> that's, I wonder if I. That's how I got that name. <laughs> but I was four six, you know. <laughs> And then last guy, linebacker Jaheim Thomas from Cincinnati, 70 tackles last season, over 100 in his Cincinnati career. So, again, we have added production out of the transfer pool for guys to help shore up depth 
And a lot of these guys are going to start for the Razorbacks. Yeah, and I, I, again, I just think that that's, that's pivotal because naturally you'd think there would be a little bit of a lull losing some of these guys, but you replenish. And I think you're, in, you're honestly in better shape, man, because sometimes kids that leave the portal just weren't fitting in. You know, They weren't part right. of that culture, and sometimes that creates havoc in the locker room. So now you're bringing some dudes in, and they're going to have to mold to what Sam Pittman and company are trying to do in there. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited about this. Now they signed the uh, number 22 recruiting class in the country, Shane. Here's a couple of the fours star or elite prospects that they signed that could come in and make an impact this fall. The number 15 corner, Jalen Braxton. The mm -hmm. number 10 tight end, Shamar Easter. The number 11 tight end, Luke Haas, who they're saying already. I mean, this guy could be day one starter, Luke Haas. Uh, number 21 running back, Isaiah Augusta. The only reason he probably not going to play a dud is just because we're loaded at running back. We'll get to that in a second. The number 25 quarterback, Malachi Singleton, who looked great in the spring, and the number mm -hmm. 30 offensive lineman, Luke Brown. So we got us some promising young talent. Most of them are already on campus in the spring and heading into, uh, obviously, training camp here. But uh, Do you got your eyes on a few of those guys uh, about giving some production here? I mean, sometimes you don't have the immediate. These Sometimes it's these guys that show up you know, week five, week six, you know, right, especially right. if somebody's banged up. But is there any that you've you kind of got your eyes on for, for making a, a, I don't know, some sort of noise this season? Yes, definitely Luke Haas because I, I, yeah. I think he may start. And maybe not week one because that's a lot mm -hmm. to ask for true freshman playing a tight end role in, in the SEC. But I think by the end of the season, he's going to be your starter. Okay. All right. Well, we'll tight end you. I like that. <laughs> Now, this is what we did last year, too, Shane. We run down uh, offense and defense. We're going to go position group by position group. And I'm going, personally, the order that I think is the strongest, the position groups that is the strongest, starting with offense. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Now, I know you love these quarterbacks, Shane, and there's no reason not to love them. But I'm going running backs again. Rocket Sanders, of course. A.J. Green, Shane's favorite Running joke here. Rashad DeBinion, Dominic Johnson. I mean, that foursome of running back. Short of maybe Alabama or Georgia, I don't think there's a better four running backs on a roster in the SEC. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to be a one-trick pony. I mean, you've got to have a committee there to spell some of these guys. And like you said, Arkansas doesn't have a huge drop-off there behind Rockets. So, mm -hmm. I like that. I can get behind this. Now, I got quarterbacks next, Shane, and that's largely because of K.J. and just how great he is. Jacoby mm -hmm. Criswell, we already mentioned. Malachi Singleton, the true freshman. Um, this is a strong, strong overall group, and I like how it's – you know, you're bringing them – when you got, like, multiple freshmen or most, multiple sophomores, it's like, well, guy may leave if he doesn't play. The way it's structured now, right. I mean, this is K.J.'s team. Criswell could take over. Or Singleton, you know, I mean, I like the way it's structured too. I mean, I, I feel like these pieces, that, you know, they fit where they're at right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's good moving forward, not just this season. Exactly. But, you know, I, one of the things you're worried about is like, what are they going to look like next year? So, yep. or what do they look like KJ gets hurt? So I, I, I think loading this room up is a great idea. Now, next, I got the uh, offensive line chain. And again, remember, we got Bo Limmer and Brady Latham as two. Standout starters. Transfer Josh Braun. I think he will be plugged in as a starter, possibly mm -hmm. at uh, guard. Now, the rest, Shane, we got to find tackles, but we've got some nice pieces. Remember, this is a Sam Pittman program, Shane. So yeah. they have brought in some promising linemen that, you know, let's just call it what it is. I mean, these, these guys are difficult to come by. And if you're mm -hmm. elite, you know, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, they're all over you. It's hard for Arkansas to win those battles, but they've won guys that uh, they think in two or three years can be players, and and now that's time because this is this is year four of Sam Pittman. So we got to right. see some of that developmental uh, players here out in the offensive line, and I'm talking Devin Manuel, Patrick Kudis, uh, Tykees Crawford, Andrew Chamblay, 
a Marion Harris, Terry Wells. If we can get three starters out of that, we got ourselves uh, a classic Sam Pittman offensive line. And how can you not, Mike? Because that's that's Sam's bread and butter. You know what I'm saying? He's he's built a lot of great offensive lines yeah. with names you've never heard of. So I have no doubt that they'll find a good five out there. Now, uh, not last, but second to last year, receiver Shane, your favorite name on the Razorbacks, <laughs> Isaiah Satania, breakout <laughs> players, track speed. I think he was on. He's on the track team as well. He's that fast. Bryce Stevens is back, another burner. Isaac Tesla and Andrew Armstrong, we already talked about those transfers. Sam Mbake back for another year, and Tyrone Broden. So there's potential with this group, but it's just it's largely inexperienced at this level, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, most of the other departments have established players. So, yes, there's naturally going to be some question marks here. And how does it mold with, with KJ in, in the offense? So I, I think – I don't know. There's just something about this. Feels like one of those those groupings that nobody's talking about, and then six, seven weeks into this thing, they're like, "Damn, they got some players over here." Yeah. So the last position group, tight ends for me, and again, this is largely just based on production at this level has just not been there. The the transfer gums from North Texas, Luke Haas, the true freshman, mm-hmm. Nathan Bax, Ty Washington, and. Uh, Shamar Easter, the other freshman. So, again, we got some guys to work with, but we just not seen them at the SEC. That's why they rate so low on my list here. Yeah, real young here. So, but who knows, man? It may be one of these young kids that just take over. Mm-hmm. Now, on the defense, Shane, the top position, in my opinion, defensive line. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on the potential for this Razorback defensive line. It all starts up front. And I got my eyes on Landon Jackson, Shane. He was a beast in the spring. <laughs> Huge breakout potential. The more we hear about this guy, we were thinking either, you know, he's All-American or we don't got any offensive linemen up there in Arkansas. And I don't think it's, I don't think that's the case because I don't think Sam Pittman would would still be coaching if they didn't have an offensive line Well, he wouldn't be so there. damn happy talking about it, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> we got Zach Williams back for another year. Trajan Jeffcoat, the Mizzou transfer, John Morgan, the Pitt transfer, Eric Gregory's back, Jashad Stewart, Tarion Carter, and Cam Ball. This was a nice group. Again, we're not relying on two or three guys. We got mm-hmm. several that can go. You know, we go three deep at a lot of these positions. I think this is going to be the strength of the defense this year. Yeah, I, th- I think so too, Mike. And that's pr- that's saying something, you know. Going into this season, we didn't think that until the mm-hmm. transfer portals hit. So um, I I, th- I think you're onto something here, Mike. And this is going to be an aggressive, more aggressive defense, and and all that's going to start up front with these boys making a havoc back there in the backfield. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the the blitzes and stunts they they throw at them. Yeah. Now, next on my list, Shane, I'm going defensive backs for the Razorbacks. Dwight McGlotherin, one of the best corners in the SEC. Uh, Quincy McAdoo was a very promising young player. Remember, he's the one that got in the car accident, though, Shane, and they they basically yeah. just said, you know, the priority is his health moving forward. So uh, I don't have anything official to report, but it doesn't sound great. And it, I think best-case scenario, Shane, for Quincy is – this is basically a red shirt. And then yeah. hopefully next year he can make that comeback. Uh, Lorando Johnson, the, the Baylor transfer that was a starter, throw him in there. Malik Chavis, Ladarius Bishop, Jalen Lewis, and then don't forget the five-star from Georgia, Jaheim Singletary. We got some real talent to work with on the defensive backfield, I think, this year. And, and, and it just feels like we got a little more depth, too. And I think that's why that secondary got in so much trouble last year is is that, you know, they got banged up early. And it just seems like they were just turning people out there, trying to just stay in front of the ball. But they had problems doing so. It just feels like, I don't know, and maybe it's just a gut check here, but it just feels like we got a little more depth back there, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So last but not least, it's just not a – Deep group, but a talented group. The linebackers, in my opinion, Shane. And maybe that's in large part because we've lost some outstanding ones. But Chris right. Paul is back. Antonio Greer, the transfer from South Florida. Manny Powell, Jordan Crook, and Caden Henley. So 
a group that's lacking a lot of experience, at least uh, once again, kind of I'm saying the same thing over and over, but just not a lot of experience at this level. So, but again, Travis Williams, our defensive coordinator, this is his baby. This is his group. He's been a linebacker coach for 10 years. He was an all SEC linebacker. So we got to have confidence that our defensive coordinator is going to coach up our linebackers here. And Mike, honestly, if I'm if I'm picking an order, I want my defense to be strongest and least strongest. This is the exact order I want. I want a strong up front defensive front. I want a strong secondary back there, deep, fast, and and just head hunting. Yep. And then yes, the linebackers at the last one because good linebackers a lot of time are created by the noise on the you know us big guys i'm telling you brother these yeah. linebackers that get all the girls that get all the you know all the accolades <laughs> and they win the honeymoons and all that or the what do you call it, those homecomings and stuff as fat guys up front creating that noise and, and picking up an extra block that's not going to them that's yep. that's what creates good linebackers so i'm i'm good here brother okay so and, and then last but not least shane the specialist cam little the kicker Hit 33 of 40 last year, uh, excuse me, I believe in his career, 82% field goal kicker. Remember, before him, I mean, it was a travesty kicking (laughs) at Arkansas. So (laughs) just count your lucky stars. We've got us a consistent kicker. You you better read that name twice, Mike, because they they (laughs) went through some bad kickers. (laughs) Yeah, so remember Cam Little. And then punter, that's kind of an unknown right now, but they brought in Max Fletcher. Uh, what yeah. I hear from him, he's got a big leg, which was that's something they've been lacking consistency and punting down the field. Now, something new that we didn't do last year, Shane, this is an idea that we had the top 10 Razorbacks, and I'm giving them grades like the NCAA football game. Shane will oh, just yeah. rip, rip my list to shreds here if I got <laughs> it wrong. But uh, when we were doing those the video game grades for the highest player, right? Everybody wanted, well, what about this guy? What about that? Well, if I do 10 of them, hopefully I get the 10 Hopefully most, you uh, touched on it. At least exactly. the top 10, right? So I'm, I'm with you here, Mike. This is a smart move on your part. <laughs> so let's go to the top, of course. K.J. Jefferson. I'm giving him a 95 grade. Yeah. I, I, I mean, when we did this originally, I felt like he was the best player on this team. Uh, just, again – what else he, he has is just the experience. You know, when you're yeah. looking at these overall ratings, uh, that's got to be, you know, moving him up further this list. So, yeah, 95, I love that. Now, the running back, Rocket Sanders, Shane, just a slight notch below. I'm giving him a 94. 94, that's smart, Mike. That's smart. <laughs> because this, when you put that out there, they're like, well, wait a minute. What about a <laughs> – Yep. All right, Dwight McGlother in the corner, Shane. I'm giving him a 93. Yeah, I'm I'm like loving that one. <laughs> <laughs> now on the offensive line, we got Bo Limmer at center, ninety-two. Aside from um, the guy they got at Georgia, I mean, he may be the SEC's best center right here. Yeah, who do you think they're bringing down to media days? You know, uh, it it'll be KJ. You think he'll be here. It'll be yeah. probably yeah, Bo Limmer, and then uh, probably maybe give Rocket. Me no, they got they got to show the defense some love. It'll it'll probably be yeah. Landon Jackson, which again okay. Shane's cutting ahead here. <laughs> I got Brady Latham at guard at ninety one, and then yeah. Landon Jackson at a ninety defensive line, and that's a little boys. little bit of a pro- projection. But I think he's going to be in a, a standout. Landon Jackson is. I got Chris Paul at an eighty nine. Mm-hmm. I got kicker Cam Little as an eighty nine. I got Satania Shane at 87. That's a name everybody needs to know. And then yeah. Trajan Jeffcoat, the transfer, at an 86. There's your top 10 Arkansas Razorbacks overall grades. And that's SEC Max, not Shane's. <laughs> <laughs> now, the best part, Shane, this is, this is the part Shane lives and dies for here. Yeah. The schedule – Breakdown, and we even got. I'll throw it up on the screen here. We're going to do something a little. It, it's the same deal, but we just got graphics, fancy graphics this year, Shane. Where I have broken this schedule down, and feel. Let me know if if you think I, I'm completely wrong here. But again, mm-hmm. remember this is us being Arkansas homers. I think there's five games on this list 
We'll go through them one by one. But first, five games Arkansas, no question, should win. Western Carolina. Yes. Kent State. BYU. Those, mm-hmm. all, those are all at home. Those are all to open the season. Mississippi State, October 21st, at home. And Florida International, November 18th, at home. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. Those should be wins, right? Those should be wins. Yes, Mike. Now, I only have two games, Shane, that I think very unlikely to win. And that is at LSU. Remember, I'm the guy that's picking LSU to win it all. Mm-hmm. And at Alabama, who we haven't beaten a decade plus here. So, again, would you debate any of those? Hmm. Well, I mean, you could argue LSU. They they played tight last year. Um, the Alabama game, again, that a, a team that there was a glimpse there late in the you know actually going into the fourth quarter. If they didn't give up the twenty one points there, mm-hmm. then uh, they're they're right there with them. I, I mean, if we're doing Homer glasses here, Mike, I wouldn't be opposed to them winning one of those. I mean, why can't the best quarterback in the SEC and the best running back, well, arguably one of the best running backs in the country, mm-hmm. not have a shot at, you know, surprising one of those two teams? Because it's hard to win on the road against a top <laughs> five team. I mean, I'm, I'm just I know, telling I it know. like it is, you know? I don't know. I just I, – I, the one that I've got – really circled here mike is at lsu mm-hmm. if i if i'm picking one just because again crazy momentum coming into that dude especially if you guys smoke byu which me and mike both think is going to happen here mm-hmm. that's the one that i've got penciled in because it triggers a a group of games that is going to be tough fought and and i don't think that you can afford to drop you know, at least the first two there, even three, you know, then then it could get ugly quick. So mm-hmm. LSU, the one I've got a little bit on, on on more of an alert here. Again, I got my Razorback glasses on, Mike. Right, right. Well, I'm not drunk, as I'm saying this, so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm just Well, of course, <laughs> you done crowned them. You put them in national champs, you know. Right, so, so I can't be sitting here saying, eh, yeah, they'll lose this yeah. game and that game and all this. I don't so, know. That's that's one I'm not, I'm not discounting just yet, Mike. I, I'm with you. We got three home games. It's going to be their first away game, mm-hmm. but uh, that one right there. If I'm leaning toward a toss, I may even consider LSU. Nah, I mean we're again Homer glasses here. Mm-hmm. One of the those two games, yeah, give me one of them. So that means uh, the way I have it listed here, Shane, five toss ups for the Razorbacks. A yeah. and M again. That's it in Arlington, of course. Mm-hmm. At Ole Miss, who again Sam Pittman's two and one against. The only time he lost was a. They failed to get a two-point conversion at the buzzer in Oxford. Mm-hmm. At Florida, November 4th, Auburn at home, and Missouri at home. And maybe you throw Missouri into that win column. Hell, I know Arkansas fans, yeah. they always chalk that up as a win, but that's not been reality, and I know you're the biggest Mizzou homer in the world, so I didn't <laughs> think you would mind that being listed as a toss-up. Any of those, again, A&M, at Ole Miss, at Florida, Auburn at home, Mizzou at home. Any of those that you're not calling a toss-up and calling those should be a win? Um, again, as a Arkansas fan, I'm definitely, I, I'm definitely keying in on Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Um, being at home, they're at the tail end of what should be a winning streak. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like that one as, a, as an easy one for them, but – other than that, brother, I could – yeah, we could toss us. Maybe even Florida. Yeah, you know, you can make Florida win, in my opinion. All of them. All of them wins, according to – Hell yeah, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Let me just get to it. Are we going to break it down? Yeah, so I let's got, go yeah, – uh, Western yeah. Carolina, I mean – That's a that's a massive ass-kicking right there. That yep. thing's over in the second quarter. Kent State, who uh, they lost all their pieces and their offensive coordinator, he, that's an easy win. Absolutely. BYU, you smoked them on the road last year. You should beat them again. So we're sitting here at three and zero. Arkansas. They may that... want to start drinking after that one. You know. <laughs> so then we get to the pivotal pivotal game, the biggest game of the mm-hmm. season at LSU. I'm giving that a loss. What are you giving it? Uh, oh, Mike, 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 Mike. Damn. I. 
I'm like, here's where I'm at, man. I'm like 70, like 70, 30, 65, 35 here. Mm-hmm. Even on a, like if this thing's running perfect, mm-hmm. I got to go with the loss here because I, I think they got it at night, Death Valley. But this one's going to be close, brother. This right. one's really got me torn here. So, unfortunately, Razorbacks, I've got your first loss coming to LSU. So, let's focus on A&M, Shane. Arlington. Yeah. That's a game where the Aggies seemingly always win. They always find a way to get past them Razorbacks. They're almost always competitive. Yeah. They almost always come down to the wire. But, again, we're, we're being Arkansas homers here. There's no reason Arkansas – shouldn't win this game now again you gotta remember a&m by this time jimbo could be fired he could be out the door we don't even know who's the head coach gonna be down there i mean that's how i'm looking at it while arkansas three and oh to start maybe even four and oh if they go into lsu but again three and one this will be a potential big if if you leave the first five games shane and you're four and one I think you're pretty damn glad as an Arkansas fan. So give me this one. I, I'll, I'll chalk it up as a win. Yeah, Mike. And, and when you're looking at this game in particular, it seems like there's always outside noise coming in. There's either a, a hangover from a loss or, you know, that's one thing that Arkansas has just got to get out, man. Sometimes mm-hmm. you lose games. You know, the SEC is, is very tough. It's tough to go undefeated in it. And if LSU does not go their way, they cannot afford to have a Mississippi State kind of game like they did last year. They got to come out here, regroup, and, and, and and just listen to your captains, man. You know, these these guys have done there. They've been there. And, and you're looking at A&M. This is a team that you've been able to beat several times, but you find a way to beat yourselves. I don't think that happens this year, Mike. Give me the win. This may be Jimbo's last game. Texas A&M goes down in week five. <laughs> All right, how about uh, next on the schedule, Shane? At Ole Miss, again, two, you're 2-1 and one against Lane Kiffin. Came down to a yeah. – Two-point play, otherwise you're 3-0. and We're high on Ole Miss. They got a lot of pieces here. Uh, but, hell, I mean, you smoked them last year. I mean, it was – you basically did whatever you wanted to that defense. And I think Rocket Sanders still running wild. He had over 200 <laughs> rushing yards in that game. There's no reason that uh, Arkansas doesn't win this game. What, what do you think? Do you think they win at Ole Miss? I, again, I think this is why you got it as a toss-up game, Mike, because there's a, there's a lot of questions that are hovering around Ole Miss and what they're going to be bringing back. I have less questions with Arkansas. And what worked last year, I see why I see no reason why it can't work this year. Does does Ole Miss got some some talent on offense? Yes. Do they got some great rushers? Absolutely. But they had trouble talk you know tackling rocket sanders last year and i think they get another full dose of that so i think you ground and pound this thing all the way to victory so give me a victory over old miss <laughs> five and one i mean that's sign, sign up any arkansas good. fan you know but i'm actually the gonna rumors go... start circling around are we gonna get <laughs> alabama again you know <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go the other way I, i'm gonna be a debbie downer saying i'm going with a loss there to old miss now i certainly think they could win that game but it's just so damn hard to win in this league on the road. And I think it's Ole Miss, Arkansas. I mean, very, very close in my mind. I, I don't know. I, I just think I think there's going to be a loss there. Mike, and, and I guess the part for me when, when we're doing these mm-hmm. is I think of the optimal situation. Right. KJ's healthy. Wide receivers step up, you know. Uh, the offensive line, they find the other three and they become an absolute unit and dominant force there. I mean, that's kind of, in my mind, is is I'm imagining best-case scenario here. And right. if that happens, brother, if KJ's playing out of his mind, you know, the defense truly is better, much better than we they were last year. They're deep and everyone's staying healthy. Then I see no reason why we cannot beat Ole Miss. This isn't some just – miracle play here this isn't you know i'm not just doing this for clicks mike i'm just saying if these two teams met right now Mm -hmm. and arkansas is playing as good as i think they can shit mike there's no reason they can't beat Ole miss right and that may be the biggest game on the season because if you do lose to lsu 
if you do lose to A&M, which is mm-hmm. possible, uh, you do not want to be going on a three-game losing streak going to Alabama. Yeah. You got to win you got to win at least one of these to to keep some momentum. So uh you might be absolutely right, but the following week at Alabama Shane again. I'm just chalking that up to a loss cuz I just think that's too tough a task, but yeah, last time KJ Jefferson was down there Shane, he put on a show, went back yeah. and forth with Bryce Young. It was a very close ball game. There's no reason that can't happen. But even if it does, I mean, it, that's what it's going to take for Arkansas just to be competitive in this game, in my opinion. What, what's your thoughts, uh, Arkansas at Alabama? I I, don't, I think there's just a little fear, man. I mean, you look at Sam, he's 0-3 against these guys. Mm-hmm. There's just that, I don't know, sometimes just you make teams bigger than they are. You make players faster than they are. And, and I feel like sometimes that gets in between the ears of some of these players and, and you know, you saw him a little humanized last year, and I think that helps. I think it helps the whole conference seeing Alabama have some problems, you know, have have some games come down to the wire. It, it just humanizes them, and and I think Arkansas can take from that. Hell, they got to experience it, brother. When Bri- when Bryce got hurt, I mean, the shit got real down there in uh, in, in Arkansas. So. But, again, it just feels like you keep waiting for Alabama just to run away with this thing. So, unfortunately, Razorback fans, I cannot give you a victory here. I'm going to have have to go Alabama. Well, now the next week will be huge, Shane. Mississippi Mm -hmm. State, because this is an opportunity to get back on the winning side. First-year head coach, massive changes on the offensive side of the football. You're playing at home. You got more talent, or at least equal talent, Mississippi State. Must win game. Give me the Razorbacks in this one. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, looking at that last year, this is one of the most frustrating games. I think I lost money on this one, Mike, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> Razorbacks should have won that game. Yeah. Don't worry. Mississippi State fans done turned off a long time ago when they're like, oh, shit, we're going to talk about Arkansas this entire time. Yes. So give me a victory here. Give me a big victory. Now the following Bounce week, back. I think this is this is the thing that drives me nuts mm-hmm. with Arkansas is the, is you're gonna lose some games, you got you got to get back on the horse. You can't you can't come in hungover, you know. You can't come down with your shoulder slump and you and you pouting. You can't do that. You got to get back up there and you got to get a victory. And and no better team. I mean, when you're looking at the the LSU, you got the the LSU. You got as a loss. I got as a loss. You got A and M. It's a team that you've beaten, but or you could beat, should beat. And uh, you're looking at Alabama coming, Mississippi State, another team that you should beat. You know, just just get in there, get the job done. Arkansas can bounce back. And get, I mean, they could close out this freaking schedule, brother. Right. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of you. Yeah, there you go. Let's let's take yeah. it one game at a time here, like a coach, Shane. <laughs> Next week on the road at Florida. Good news, bad news, Shane. I mean, Florida, one of the top tier team programs in the SEC, but they're not there right now. And you'll have two weeks to prepare for this game. And they'll be coming off the Georgia game, which, hell, even if you knock Georgia off, which would be the biggest upset of the season, they are going to pound the living hell out of you. So you're going to be battered. You're going to be bruised. I mean, hell, like even if they do pull the upset, I mean, they may celebrate all week and not be ready for Arkansas. So give me the Razorbacks to go on the road and beat Florida. I wouldn't even call that an upset. I mean, how close were you not to putting this as a toss because of that? I mean, coming off of, like you said, coming off of Georgia, you got two weeks to prepare for this thing. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't think a toss. I, I think of a fifty-fifty, and and coming into that scenario, even if worst case scenario, you got some injuries or banged up players here, I still leaning pretty pretty heavy toward Arkansas. What what made you uh, make this a toss-up game? Well, I can tell you really. Laying on the homerism, Shane, because it is difficult to go on the road in this league and win, particularly that far of a travel spot. And who knows? I mean, this may be the game that defines whether Florida is going to the postseason. So, you know, they're not going to just lay down for the Razorbacks. I mean, this that's a pivotal game. Um, I I just think it's difficult to to ask that. And and we are well, I shouldn't say we I'm down on Florida, but. 
Hell, if I'm down on you, that's probably the best indication in the world that uh, Florida's <laughs> going to stun everybody and go nine and three yeah, or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you can just sit here and overlook Florida because they have a top 20, top 15 roster in the country. No, I get that. I get that. But as a Razorback fan, we're going to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the next week, Shane, at home, Auburn. Now, Hugh Freeze beat you last year with a Liberty roster. Yeah. that was That's the biggest black eye, I think, on, on Sam Pittman's resume right now. Opportunity to turn that around, beat Hugh Freeze at Auburn. It's critical, Shane, when you, a new coach comes in, you got to kind of keep them under your boot, so to speak. You got to beat them. This is almost like a must win. I know Sam Pittman will have his team ready. He's, he failed to do that once before and lost to, to Brian Harson the first time they they met him, and I believe that was at Arkansas. And Sam Pittman said, hey, that, this is, this, that loss is on us. That's mm-hmm. a lesson right there. Give me the Razorbacks to beat Auburn in the first year under Hugh Freeze. Yeah. And you've kind of beat me down a little bit, Mike, you know. I mean, I clearly – I don't know. We all do this as a fan. Coming into the you, – you, 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 you put those rose-colored glasses on and you said, man, we're going to surprise some people this year, you know. And that's kind of the approach <laughs> I was going with. But you're making some really good points here, Mike. These are some tough teams, and those toss-ups mm-hmm. – um, yeah, those toss-ups are going to come down the wire. But – you know which one won't? Auburn Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give me an easy victory here, Mike. Arkansas big. Yeah. And we don't got to spend a lot of time on FIU, but this is a nice little cupcake at the tail end yeah. of the season. Easy win for the Razorbacks, right? Yeah, easy win here. So you got to finish strong, though, Shane, on Friday after Thanksgiving. Mizzou, a team for Lord knows what reason. Arkansas has just fallen short time and time again, including last season. They, I, I did a razor, uh, Razorback show the other day, Shane. I mentioned Drinkowitz. It was five minutes of bashing him right after. They <laughs> hate that guy, and I think it's because they can't beat him. Got to win this one. Finish strong. Give me a win for Arkansas. And again, Shane, I've given them some losses here, but I've given them far more wins. A nine and three. This is me as an Arkansas homer. Best case scenario in my mind. I think nine and three with a chance to win 10 in a bowl game. I think nearly every Razorback fan would sign up for that. Yeah. And and honestly, Mike, the only. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident here. Again, as an Arkansas homer, the only one that worries me. There's a couple, but the Texas A&M game, mm-hmm. right there after LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hell, you could even you could throw in Ole Miss. You know, leading up to the the Alabama game. So those, like, do they drop one in there? I maybe, yeah. I mean, if if they're unprepared or they catch, you know. If the stars aren't, I mean, it's happened in the past. Right. So if you're looking at a nine and three season, are you upset? I'm not upset. I think you're. I think you're tickled pink coming into it. But best case scenario, Mike, I got them winning all those those coin toss games, and uh, including Texas A&M, including Ole Miss, including Missouri, which is not an easy one because <laughs> they've not been doing it. So yep. give me ten and two. Best case scenario here, but again, best case scenario is those receivers emerge that we get some true playmakers on there and and this offensive line you know i know we got two two dudes two studs right now but we mm-hmm. got to build around them and we've got to give rocket plenty of running room so um yeah i think if that happens brother we're looking at a hell of a season for the razorbacks <sighs> shane just number one uh-huh. In the hearts of every man. Arkansas fan out there with a ten and two record right there. I'd I'd love to see it. You know what? Absolutely. Why not, man? Because and, and listen, listen, Mike, if this happened last year, mm-hmm. you know, you beat you, you beat uh freaking Liberty. You beat, I, I led with the show with this. You beat these guys, these four losses that you had within a score. I mean, you got a ten and two record right there. And then right. me saying ten and two doesn't seem so crazy right now. I just I think Arkansas is a little bit closer, but 
there's some pressure, man. There's some pressure on Sam Pittman, and nobody nobody wants to talk about because we all like Sam. Mm-hmm. But you can't afford to have another down year. You cannot afford to lose some of these close games because if not, they're not going to wait for you to fix this program. They're going to go find somebody else. So right. uh, this is a pivotal season, I believe, for the Razorbacks. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But they went nine or ten games, Shay. They'll be throwing them a parade, too. So <laughs> See, Turn that damn jukebox <laughs> up, Mike. <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. Hour plus here on the Arkansas Razorbacks. This is just the first of all the teams we're going to be doing here. Uh, I sure had a hell of a time talking some Razorbacks. You just have to tune in to see who we cover next time. But you got anything else before we hop off the line? No, again, don't forget live event on Flag Day. Right after the show, we're going to get on there and and uh, discuss the schedule of 2024. So that'll be fun and exciting. Yep. Uh, so be sure to check us out on any of our platforms. I think Mike's got it fixed up, so you can watch it on the Twitters. You can watch it on yep. the YouTubes. But mm-hmm. uh, YouTube, for sure. Get on there, subscribe, turn your notifications on. When we go live, you'll be alerted. Absolutely. Well, Shane, uh, that's all we got on this one. One fall camp preview in the book. 13 more coming your way. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Ooh, pig. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.